Well, good morning, everyone. Today, I'd like to talk to you about worry and about stress. But before we get started this morning, let's have a look at a few crazy animals in some really stressful situations. Thanks, Ash. What, me worry? Come on in a piece, I don't have all day. Wow, you are so tense. Tell me about it, the dog, the kid, that red dot. So much stress, so much stress. Today has been rough. Stress? What stress? Uh-oh. I can't decide if I need a hug, six shots or three months of sleep. It's been a pretty rough week, but I made it. How about you? And why, yes, I'm a bit stressed. Why do you ask? So I guess stress really is a way of life for many of us. And we do live in a world that's hyper busy. There's constant tension and there's stressed out people. Stress is a massive issue these days. And anxiety seems to be part of a normal everyday life for us. And many of us do actually have lives that are really complicated and that have a lot of busyness in them. So we're all very busy. We've got work, we've got the daily commute, we travel, we've got exercise, some of us, we cram in some sleep, we've got TV, housework, some of us, more than others. Our kids um, and our teenagers are at school or at uni, they've got homework to do, sports, friends, music practice, devices. We've all got plenty of things to keep us busy. And I want to give you the heads up this morning because heads up is very important to make sure we've got that lead time for people who might be a bit anxious about things. Heads up that this morning there's going to be a little bit of an interactive piece, so I'm after some participation from you a little bit later. But stress is a normal part of life. It's part of the normal society that we live in. And stress and worry will always be there whether we like it or not. It's pretty much impossible to avoid. So this morning, I want to look at what the Bible says about it. What hope or what insights does the Bible offer? Is there a different way for us to be able to handle our worry and handle our stress? So this morning, I'd like to unpack an incredible little verse, and it's tucked away in Philippians. It's a, re- it's a letter written by this guy called Paul to the Philippian church. And the Philippian church was really struggling with all these kinds of issues like worry and stress. So I guess that stress and anxiety have been around for more than 2,000 years as they are now around today as well. And this passage gives us some really timeless principles to follow. So let's have a look now at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is one of my favourite verses. Let's have a look at Charlie Brown and Linus. Might be a little bit uh, too old for a lot of the people in this room, but Charlie Brown's talking to Linus and he says, I worry about school a lot. And then he thought a bit longer and he said, I worry about my worrying about so much about school. My anxieties have anxieties. Perhaps some of us can relate to good old Charlie Brown this morning. We've all got anxieties. 
it's only normal. But some of us have more advanced worrying than others. Even our anxieties have anxieties. So what are the things that we worry about? What's making us so anxious? Well, we worry about so many things today. We worry about uh, our jobs. We worry about money, which is a, a really big one. We worry about our marriages. We worry about our kids we, and how they're growing up and how they're fitting in. We worry about our retirement and we worry about our health. Younger people might worry about fitting in socially, about their grades, about exams, about getting their ATAR score to get into their college or university. Some of us even worry about public speaking. An interesting fact is that for funerals, most people would actually be rather, would rather be in the casket than actually delivering the eulogy in front of other people. Strange but true. Big things, small things, all kinds of things. We worry about lots of different things. So I want to make it very clear this morning that stress, worry and anxiety, I'll be using those words sort of interchangeably, but they're all something that we experience. It's normal. And it doesn't automatically mean that we have, that there's something wrong with us or that we have a lack of faith. Let me pose a question. What good can come from worry? What benefits actually come from worrying, from being anxious? Well, the truth is that we actually can't change the things that we're worrying about by worrying even more. So in reality, worry tends to make things worse and it gets us all tied up in knots. Someone did a study once, and here are the results. They're on the internet, so they must be true. 40% 40 of the things that we worry about never actually happen. 30% of the things we worry about are in the past, and we can't do anything about them anyway. Uh, Looks like 12% are about criticism. Most of those are untrue anyway. 10% of the things we worry about are about our health. And of course, um, if we worry more about our health, we get more stress, and that's probably even worse for our health. But you can see that 8%, that leaves 8% of things that we worry about are real problems or things that we're actually going to face at some stage. So the key point is that there's only a very small percentage of the things that we actually worry about are going to turn out to be actual problems or things that we're actually going to face in the future. Only a very small percentage. The vast majority of the things that we're worried about are not worth worrying about at all. So for me personally, if I can't sleep at night and I'm tossing and turning, it's usually because I'm worrying about some kind of situation at work. And the work situations that stress me out the most are the ones where I have to have a really difficult conversation with someone. So it's usually a people-related type of situation. So last year, I think I might have shared up here um, that there was a situation with one of the ladies who used to work for me and also uh, her manager. And they got into a situation which became very nasty. The lawyers got involved. We had uh, a deep investigation. We had an outside investigator uh, looking at this situation. It it went totally pear-shaped. And, of course, I had to come in and try and uh, help help uh, fix the situation and um, that was a really stressful situation for me so I had probably three months on and off of um, good and bad sleep and lots of anxiety not a great situation to be in so what is anxiety or what is worry well if you look at the old English root from where we get the word worry it means to strangle and if you've ever been really choked if you've ever been really worried then you'll know that what you'll know what anxiety can really 
um, be like. And you can see there a picture of coma and Bart, I'm sure none of us would do that to our kids, of course. But it's sort of like that choking sensation. In fact, anxiety and worry definitely have physical consequences. For me, it's usually about being totally shattered from a lack of sleep or about having headaches because I'm sort of grinding away at night thinking about that thing that's gnawing away at me. Other people experience sort of like neck pain or vomiting or ulcers or high blood pressure. It's been said that ulcers are not caused by what you eat but by what's eating you. And some of us here this morning are being eaten alive by our worries. Some of us are going through some really tough times right now. And anxiety also impacts our relationships. We become distracted. We become grumpy. Our energy reserves get totally depleted. I'm sure that most of us can own up to times when we've been irritable or withdrawn or impatient because we've really got other things on our mind and we're worrying about something totally different to where we are. So let me ask you a question. When we feel anxious or when we have that sickening knot in the pit of our stomach, what can we do about it? What's to be done? Well, Paul, the author of this letter to the Philippian church, gives us some really practical tips. So let's have another look at it. Do not be anxious about anything, but with everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Look at those words there, anything and everything. It reminds us that all things in our life are a concern to God. The big things and the small things. God is interested in anything and he wants us to talk to him about everything, including our worries. Okay, so this is the interactive part now. Hopefully I've given you enough warning. So what I want you to do is to take a moment and to just close your eyes. So you can all do that now. Take a moment, close your eyes. You can do some of that beautiful breathing technique that we had before. I'm definitely going to find that app. Hopefully it's uh, not too expensive um, because I worry about money a lot. So what's that thing What's that thing that's really worrying you now? Is it that presentation that you've got to do at work? Is it something about your job? Is it something about your house? You've got to fix this up or whatever. You've got a big bill coming in next month. Is it the operation you're going to have to fix something up in your body? How about that exam next week? Are you a little bit worried that Donald Trump might become the most powerful man in the free world? <laughs> I am. Are you worried about that person who's sort of bullying you or what to cook for lunch? I heard there's a lot of pumpkin soup after for lunch today. So you can, you can open your eyes now, but all of these things that you're worrying about right now, that, that thing that, that's worrying you, big or small, doesn't really matter. All of these things are really important to God. Now, I've got some uh, inducements here, and what I'm going to ask is, if you're a primary school uh, student or kid, can you put up your hand for me now? Thanks. Now, you can yell out, and there will be some inducements here, I promise. Can you yell out, what are, what are some of the things that are worrying you guys? It's mainly people on this side, but can you kids yell it out? Okay, thanks. Homework. Oops, sorry. Homework. Any, any other primary school kids? School. School, yep. Oops, sorry. <laughs> and what, what are you worried about? Tests, yep. Grades. Okay. It's down there. 
Friends, yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? Friends. School, school, nice one. And another one back there? Maths, yeah, I hate maths too. So we wo- kids are worried about lots of things. You'll have to yell out very loud. Homework, yeah. Okay, yep. Worried about budgies. I worry about budgies. All right, thanks very much. And one more down there. Couple more. Lots of worries this morning. The dog. The dark. The dark. Oh yeah, that, that's a really good one actually. I used to be worried about the dark as a kid. Presentations. Yeah, I really worry about presentations, let me tell you. Okay. So Will I go to the next level up? So high school kids, what are you guys worried about? Exams. Predictable, but you can have a Fred I guess for that. Your ATAR, yep. ATAR. You can explain how that works to me later. Any other things that high school students are worried about? That's it. Exams and ATAR. And homework. All right, I think there's probably some other things, but we won't go there. Now, if you're post-high school and you're up to 59 and 11 months, what are you guys worried about? You've got to be very... You've got to yell it out. I'm worried about my hearing, so be really loud. Aeroplane accidents when your husband's travelling overseas. Aeroplane accidents when your husband's travelling overseas. Not getting a chocolate. Not getting a chocolate. <laughs> Worry no more, my friend. Your wish is my command. Anyone else worried about not getting a chocolate? I did only buy two family-sized packs. Okay, any other, any other, what are we up to the, the, after high school to up to 59, 60-ish? Anyone else? You guys? Housing. Housing? House falling apart or just repairs? Uh, getting housing. Getting some housing? Good point, good point. Health and family and family self. Yep, a big one. Children staying at home. Children staying at home. <laughs> yep. I think I think Ian, there's a limit. I think at 25 is the limit, and then you then they go out and you worry no more. Okay, now I'm going to go to oh, there's one more, one burning worry from Caroline. Children leaving home, the opposite of that situation. All right, thanks for that. Now, if you're over 60, what are you guys worried about? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) And here endeth the talk. Sue, Sue. Oh, sorry. Orphaned refugees. Yeah, safe schools, yep. Anyone else who's over 60? Blood test results, health stuff, yep. And kids' problems? (laughs) 
I hear, I hear your brother. Yeah, that was a beautiful way to finish. Very true indeed. So look, we worry about all kinds of things. There's big things, there's small things, but basically we've all got, we've all got some kind of worry. We all worry about something. And I think as Linda said before, it sort of depends on our personality and it depends on our core needs. So let's go back and have another look at our verse in Philippians and it says, do not be worried about anything, but in everything present your requests to God. God's offering to get involved and it's an opportunity to actually draw closer to him, to really lean on him. In fact, Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 6, and we heard about that before in uh, Phil's, Phil and Ali's wonderful skit. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is life not more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. How true is that? But most of the time, I guess we try to solve the problems ourselves. But instead, God wants us to pray. He wants us to hand over the issue to him. There is some good news when it comes to worry. And that is that God can actually use our worry for good because he wants us to draw closer to him. So let me tell you a little bit of a story. When I was uh, working, I work at Toyota and I used to run the assembly plant out at Altona and we had 300, uh, sorry, 3,000 uh, workers in that plant. And every morning as a production manager... I had to front up to the morning production meeting, very serious thing, and all the directors had come down, all the heavies from all of the different shops and all of the different plants, and I had to come in and give the status report on uh, how we went with our production results, did we achieve our result or not, how did quality go for the day, how many injuries did we have, and what the stock situation was like. But before that meeting, every single day for two years when I was in that job, every single day before I used to get up for that meeting, I was absolutely a nervous wreck and I would be sweating profusely. I was very, very stressed and I used to worry in my mind that actually I was going to faint and I'd pee my pants and everyone would be, um, I'd be totally embarrassed and my career would be over and, you know, that would be the worst thing that would ever happen to me. But basically I kept praying about that situation and even though I still felt those nerves and I still felt nervous and I still get nervous public speaking today... I was able to share my burdens and my worries with God. I still felt stressed, but God really helped me get through it. So let's do a little bit of a recap now. Anxiety and worry and stress are real. It's part of our modern world, but it's actually not easy easy to overcome. And most of the things that we get anxious about or that we worry about never actually eventuate anyway. So maybe we don't have to worry about them. And sometimes our worries are not really that important after all, so we don't really need to worry about them. And there is some good news when it comes to worry. God can use our worry because he wants us to draw closer to him. So let's go back to our verse now in Philippians 6. 
Thank you, Ash, my daughter doing the slides up the back. Well done. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So let's talk now about prayer and petition and about thanksgiving. We're encouraged to come to God and to talk to him through prayer. He wants us to present our request to him. And there's a great little verse in 1 Peter 5, 7, and it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. What an awesome promise that is. A different translation of that verse is, You can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him, for you are his personal concern. We are his personal concern. We, we can cast all of our cares and all of our worries on Jesus through prayer. And prayer is really just talking to God so we can handle our burdens and all of our worries over to him. Have a look at this excellent cartoon. Jesus says, need a lift. This cartoon's a great way to illustrate the point. There's a load that's lifted off our shoulders, a burden. We can share our worries with Jesus through prayer. He takes that burden off our shoulders and he carries it himself. And when we pray or when we talk to God, we can do it with thanksgiving. I'd like to propose this morning that no matter how tough or no matter how challenging our situation is, we can all have something to be thankful for. Might be our family, our friends, our house, our health, and so on. Sometimes focusing on the things that we can be grateful for helps us to put our life into perspective. Have a look at this list of things that we can potentially be grateful for. There's early wake-ups, which is children to love. We've, we've got a house to clean, but that means that we've got a safe place to live. We've got laundry to do, which means we've got clothes to wear. We've got dirty dishes, so we've got food to eat. We've got crumbs under the table, family meals, shopping to do, money, toilets to clean, which means we have indoor plumbing. Thank goodness for that. Lots of noise, which is kids having fun. Endless questions, kids learning. And number 10, getting into bed sore and tired, which is the benefit of being alive. So we've got lots of things that we can be grateful for. Thanksgiving is really about demonstrating that attitude of gratitude. When we have that grateful attitude, our attention and our focus comes off us and our problems and it's transferred to God and to his goodness. So let's now talk about peace in our verse, in our verse again, Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything, but with everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. So let's have a talk about the peace of God. The result, the result of all of this is the peace of God. It's a peaceful mind. So I'd like to propose this morning that peace is a rare commodity. It's something that's rare in our world. We live in a world which is really busy and which is really stressful with lots of pressure. So what is the peace of God? Well, this could be a whole series in itself, but the peace of God's not merely a psychological state in our mind. It's more an inner tranquility of the soul based on harmony with God. The word peace has that idea of being one with God. 
being quiet and being restful. Peace is actually the direct opposite of anxiety and worry. And peace comes when we commit all of our cares to God in prayer so that we don't have to worry about them anymore. In fact, this peace of God is so sort of utterly mind-blowing that Paul says that it transcends all understanding. That's to say that the peace of God, which we can experience, is not based on human understanding or rationality or science. It's something that we can't figure out. It's something we can't measure. It's a divine peace. It's too incredible for our human minds to be able to understand. And no matter how much human effort or how much yoga or how much chanting or whatever we do, we cannot manufacture this peace of God by ourselves. It's a supernatural experience of God's peace, even in the midst of anxiety and busyness. This is the peace that actually transcends all of our, all understanding that we have in the midst of our turmoil. It's like this peace that's calm in our heart, even though the storm will rage around us. And it doesn't mean that our troubles are going to magically vanish into thin air, but in the midst of our troubles, we can experience God coming close to us and we can experience his peace. A wise man once said that peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. It's a mysterious thing, but it's God's gift. Peace is God's gift to those who trust him. This is the kind of peace that God himself, actually Jesus himself promised in John 14. Let's have a look at that verse now. Jesus said in John 14, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or don't be afraid or don't worry. It's basically what it's saying. So what happens when we experience this peace of God? Well, firstly, Paul tells us that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. And the word translated for guard, which is pretty obvious, but it's like a military term and it's like a sentry who stands guard in front of us. It means that he's setting up like a garrison around our hearts and around our minds. It's like there's a fort being built around us as a protective shield. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. So we're going to finish up in a couple of minutes now. We're almost there. But what we've discussed this morning is not simple. It's definitely not straightforward and it's not... Um, that easy to do sometimes. Overcoming anxiety and worry is far more than just glibly trotting out Philippians 4 and 6 and telling people you've got to pray more, you've got to give thanks more and you've got to focus on your anxiety. All you need to do is rise above your anxieties, pray to God and everything's going to be great again. It's much deeper and it's much more complex than that. Some of us here this morning are going through some really tough times. And we're feeling like our life is just totally overwhelmed. Our worries are eating us up. Anxiety and worry are something that we all experience. And it doesn't automatically mean that there's something wrong with our faith just because we have stress and anxiety. But when we walk out of here this morning and we walk into the world um, after this and next week, worries and stress and anxiety are definitely going to come our way. 
But I, and I really want to encourage everyone this morning, let's start talking to God about our worries. Let's ask God to deal with them. And let's be thankful for all of the wonderful things in our life, no matter our circumstances. There will be times when we're lying awake at three o'clock in the morning. We're tossing and turning and we can't get to sleep because we're worrying about something. Next time we feel that, that knot in the pit of our stomach, when we feel that dread come over us like a wave, what should we do? When we start to worry about our family or about our health, let's choose instead to pray and let's draw close to God. When we start to worry about our exams or our tests or our homework and stuff like that or our uni, let's choose instead to draw close to God and to lead on him. And when we start to worry about whatever it is, the thing that you were thinking about before that you're worrying about right now, when we start to worry about that, let's choose instead to pray and draw close to God. Whenever we start to worry, I want to really encourage us to stop and to pray and draw close to God and let's share our worries with him. Paul, I reckon, wrote these words for us, every one of us here this morning at NCR, so that we can truly experience the peace of God, even in the midst of that storm that's happening around us. I'm not talking about world peace, but I'm talking about the mind-blowing peace of God that will guard our minds and our hearts.